This episode of the If You Ask Betty podcast is brought to you by Alternative Media. Are you working on a massive project and need some help? A&M offers a wide range of professional services from e-learning and training development, comics, graphic novels, 3D model creation, and virtual reality experiences. Follow Alternative Media on Twitter at A-N-M underscore tweets to stay updated or visit alter-native-media.com today to set up a free consultation. Welcome to the If You Ask Betty podcast. This podcast is designed to discuss all kinds of development topics for all kinds of learning professionals. I'm your host, Betty Danowitz, and today we're talking with Cassie Labori about the power of saying no. Hi, Cassie. Hi, Betty. Thanks for being on the podcast today. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Help our listeners get to know you a little bit better. Can you give us a quick intro about you and maybe even how we met? Oh, I'd love to. Well, I help organizations and teams figure out how in the world to be virtual classroom trainers or virtual instructor-led trainers, (laughs) and basically do virtual training, which is such a big part of our world today, uh, practically overnight. And I think you and I are social media friends, and then we met in real life person. But you Mm -hmm. reached out to me. I think maybe I did some kind of post, or maybe I had a session or something, but you reached out to me, and I got lucky enough to be able to meet you. (laughs) Oh, that's so nice. You're so nice to me. That's great. Um, that is true. That is exactly how we met. So, um, unfortunately, well, maybe it's fortunately, I don't know, but that tends to be a theme on the podcast is that I tend to meet my guests through social media. And then sometimes we get to meet in, in real life and that's okay. It's great. I mean, actually we were going to be at, uh, ATD tech knowledge together and you reached out true. and said, let's meet up and yes. we did. And then I felt like I'd always known you. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Same. All right, cool. Well, today we are chatting about the power of saying no. I got to tell you, this is a tough one for me because I know how important it is for us to use this word, but I don't like it. And uh, and I don't like it at all. And I'm I'm excited to chat with you about it because I know that you are very good at this mm-hmm. and that right now you're really having to sort of put this into practice. I mean, as a virtual trainer of virtual trainers, right? You're in super high demand thanks to COVID-19. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am certain that there are people that are asking for your time constantly. So in and situations like this can really make us feel an obligation to say yes to everyone, right? Because there's, there's a situation and I can help. So when they ask for my help, I should, there's that should word, say yes. But there is definitely a problem with always saying yes. So let me just start out with asking you this. What are your thoughts on saying yes to everything? Should we think twice about that? We should think twice about that. (laughs) And I mean, you can't just even for your own well-being say yes to everything. Because every time I've ever done something like that, I end up going when I'm in that yes. Why did I say yes to this? Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know that I'm so good at saying no. I know you gave me that credit moments ago. Uh, And I have to tell you that what I'm sitting here holding in my hands is a cute little felt button from a local artist here in Rochester, New York. It's a little felt button and it has a cat on it. And then it says no. And I, I have cats and I am, I loved, I love animals and I love dogs too, but I'm a cat owner. And so no is constant in my life. 
via my cats. <laughs> you can relate. <laughs> I totally get it. I totally get it. Yeah, my cat Speedy and my cat Luna. So whenever I'm thinking about saying no, I do think of them first. And they, they have no problem saying no and then requesting, you know, what they need later. Yes, right. They're never interested in what I need. And so I wonder yeah. how much I can learn from my cats <laughs> to apply to, you know, the work that I do respectfully, you know. Yeah, that might be a different <laughs> podcast, though, what we learn from our cats. Yeah. Um, or your cats, not me. I'm allergic. But mm. okay. So, mm. all right. Yeah. So saying yes to everything, we have to think twice about that. And, and I think it just really, it drains us, right? It's, we lose control of our own, I don't know, life when we say yes to everything. Mm. So let me ask you this with all the requests that have come your way recently, have you said no to any of them? I have, and I actually have one in my inbox right now that I'll be saying no to, but mm -hmm. I have to say it's not going to be exactly a no, Betty. What it's going to be is uh, not, not for me, but I think that there's a, there's a thing for me that I'm very interested in. So rather than no, because I too have that kind of bad feeling about no, there's a, where is the yes instead? Mm -hmm. I like that. And, and so I'm going to be finding a yes. So maybe saying no originally to what might ever be in that request, but not coming out with the no instead saying, you know, what if we did this or what, what might this mm -hmm. be like for you? Or maybe could I direct you towards this, you know, um, a big place that comes up. So not even only like clients and taking on work, but right now specifically, I do train the trainer programs. And as you might expect, the final project of a train the trainer program is to, well, teach a class. And so there's a, there's quite a lot that goes into booking that and putting that together. And it's a lot on my schedule. It's a lot on their schedule. And inevitably you have people, and I have this in my box right now. I don't feel well. I'm not going to be able to make it tomorrow. Can we reschedule? And the client has hired me to do a certain amount of work at certain times. And so now mm -hmm. you've got one person asking me to schedule special for them. And I guess they're just, they don't realize that, well, is that, is that going to be pro bono that you're expecting? <laughs> you right. Right. And so I'm sitting there looking at this. I literally need to hit reply on it and I'm having to find. So, so what I do is I try to focus on, well, where is a version of yes that I'm going to be able to be happy with because I don't ever want to be grumpy about any kind of work that I'm doing. And uh, I don't ever want to feel negative about another person because they're, they're finding their own yes because they need to say no to, to, to tomorrow, right? Yeah, absolutely. So when you, when you, okay, so you're going to find a way to say yes, which I like, I like that a lot. It's a good way to think, okay, how can we change this request so that I can meet this need without burning myself out and, you know, uh, using up too much time. Mm -hmm. So here's my question though, for those that you have said no to, how did that go over with those requesters? Well, you know, from, so this is where I think I was telling you a bit earlier that I'm actively seeking some, some mentoring right now from a senior sales leader who I have a whole lot of respect for is a good friend as well. And I, uh, I was just on the phone with him earlier today, give me some advice on how I, how I turn this around. And it's so interesting, his perspective. And I appreciate those who work in sales because I think they do tend to have this perspective. And, um, it's like looking at what is the person actually looking for or the company, what are they asking for? What do they really need? And are there other ways for you to, to go about suggesting it, you know, and, and in ways that 
maybe aren't exactly what they've written. And so, so back to your original question just now, it's been fine because I found a different way to just say, let's do this. And then they can, then they can say, well, that's not going to work for us. And I say, okay, I understand that. And then it's okay. And what, what I try to do is remove anything kind of personal from that and just look at it from the business angle of what are the needs. And I am a business as well. If I see myself more as a business in that, in that regard, here's what my business needs to be um, successful and able to deliver upon what your business is asking for so that you can be successful. Yeah. And so then it's not personal and then it doesn't have to be about, well, I felt bad because the feelings didn't matter. It was about, well, at this time we didn't align. And, and I've had times where I've said no and it, because it wasn't aligning with what I could deliver at that time and what they wanted. And then they came back later and, and their, their business needs changed. And then they had, they had respect for me in the way that I went about it. And they came back later and I worked for them months later. Yeah. Yeah. So you sort of intentionally are saying no to the wrong work or the wrong fit so that you can say yes to the right fit, which may be the same client, just maybe at a different time. I think that's huge. And, and I think that, you know, you and I were talking about too, just the, the idea of, you know, passion and aligning your work there. And I've felt really good when I've stood up for what I really want to do. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I want to hold true to, I know that I can be the best for you if we do it, if we do this. Sure. Sure. So, so can you remember when you first kind of encountered the idea of intentionally saying no, or the, the idea of saying no to something so you can say yes to something else? That's such an interesting question. I think like all these, all the years of being uh, employed, you know, you're, you're being told what to do and you want to say no, but you're not, you're not allowed to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> know. And now I work for myself and I have to figure out how to say no to myself because <laughs> my it's poor bosses point. that have gone before me, you know, um, they hate me. That's why they want me to do this. No, well, it turns out it was a business thing. <laughs> you know, yeah. I now know that. Thank you. It wasn't bosses. even about you, Cassie. Look at that. It's this whole, what the whole world's not about me. I thought it was. I know I also struggle with that, but anyways. It's funny. Um, but I think it was, you know, in, in you know, like maturity, maybe if, if I'm that <laughs> growing up and learning, oh, wait, everything isn't about, tra- things aren't based on how the world is trying to make Cassie feel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And as soon as I can remove that, which I laugh at it now, but then, you know, I'll probably do something like this tomorrow and feel, feel badly about it. Yeah, you know? right. right. Um, Constant battle. It is. And it's just about trying to figure out ways that you can be confident in yourself and be true to yourself. And I think the more that I can evaluate, you know, what I want and who I am, the better I can feel about the kind of answers I'm giving people. So I love how you said that. The more I can evaluate what I want and who I am. So let's, let's, let's rabbit trail off into that for a second. Mm -hmm. So I, I teach crucial conversations for the organization that I'm at. Uh, one of my, probably the, my most favorite thing to teach because it has such immense power to change people's lives, not just the way that they uh, participate in their workplace, but the way that they, they interact with other human beings. I love and, conversations. I'm sorry to interrupt. I love it too. I'm so with you on it. that. Love it. And there is, uh, the, th- there's a, specific part of the class that's called start with heart and it's all about your motive and recognizing what it is that you really want and i will tell you 
this is probably the, to me, one of the most, I think it's the most life-changing part of the whole class. The rest of it is fabulous too. Don't get me wrong. But this, if you can really ask yourself, what do I really want? And you can answer that. And then you can sort of set that next to who am I, right? Because we're all, we're all trying to figure that out. Like if you are trying to figure out your identity at any point in life, you can look around and see that we are all with you trying to figure out the same thing. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) this, this, so, so if you can, if you know what you really want and you know who you are, Mm -hmm. then when those requests come in or those asks for your time that don't line up, like you said, they don't line up with what I really want and who I really am, you should feel okay and you should be compelled to say no. That's exactly right. I don't feel bad saying no to something I know I don't want to do or that mm-hmm. I won't be my best at. You know, I, I, I don't feel badly about it at all. In fact, I feel empowered when I've done it. Yes. Because I know I'm doing right by the person. Yeah. And it's not just, exactly. It's not just right. What's right for you. It's what's right for them too. Mm -hmm. And, and it's not about, um, I don't want to do that. I just don't want to (sighs) like, that's not it. It's that it doesn't align with with who I am and where I'm going and what I want. Right. And so if I go to do it, I'm not going to do it as well as I would if it did align. So you're going to get a, a, a less quality product from what you want. And so I think that's really important. So I like how you said that it doesn't align. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important to pay attention to where, where are you your best? What, mm-hmm. what is it that you need to do that will put you in your best position, you know, and th- that you know you can deliver on and feel happy doing that work and taking the money from people, <laughs> you know, I, it's, it's I, important to me. Like there, there have been times when I have literally said, I don't want you to pay me for that. I am not doing that. You heard me say it earlier. I'm not, you're not going to pay me to show you how to share your screen. Right. (laughs) You know, yeah, actually, oh, I I was working with a client. This just wrapped up a couple of weeks ago and we had this whole thing planned. And when it came down to it, the technology just would not work. And I had to go to the client and just say, listen, we cannot do this. You, 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 you haven't hired me to be this tech support person for you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in my line of work, the technology needs to work. And what I'm doing is I'm teaching people how to teach online. And so I use the platform that you use. And they had a platform that would not work. Every time I was trying to do anything, it just wouldn't happen. And so mm. I finally went back to her, the, the main contact that I had there. And I said, I just can't do this for you. You haven't paid me to sit through tech support. You've, you've paid me to teach the people how to facilitate and present. And we need to use a technology that works. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and she heard me and went back to the organization and we changed the technology and I was able to deliver on, uh, on, on her request, but it had to be changed. And so I had to very, very big say no, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Yeah. You had to, but we found a yes, you know, we found an alternative. Yes. And I convinced her of it because of how passionate I was about doing the right thing for her, which I knew would ultimately be the right thing for me. Because, you know, roll it back to 15, 20 years ago when I was first starting my career, or maybe a little earlier than that, <laughs> but I wouldn't have known how to do that. I would have just used the bad technology. And right. then what would happen is they would come back to me and say, you aren't good at what you do. You didn't do what we hired you to do. That's right. 
Absolutely. And because saying no really seems sort of counterintuitive when you're trying to build or maintain a business or even uh, build or maintain relationships, right? So it seems no is like a bad four letter word that only has two letters, right? (laughs) But especially to entrepreneurs, especially to people, you know, that are deeply driven trying to make things happen, they want to say yes all the time. But you know, there's there's books and books and books out there. Experts tell us over and over that we have to protect our time and say no. But I like what you're saying too. We also have to protect the time and investment of those who've hired us. Mm-hmm. You know, it's important for us, even though they might not like to hear, no, this is not this. I can't do it the way that you're asking me to do it because it's not the best for you or me. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not comfortable. Nobody wants to say that's very uncomfortable. But it is very important because it definitely shows that they can trust you with their time and money as well. That is extremely important to me. As a consultant, I want people to be able to trust me and I want to do right by them at all times. And as you were just discussing that, it made me think about another place that this plays out. When I am teaching classes online, having to take care of the entire group of participants and having sometimes to tell one, no. Mm-hmm. don't act like that or don't do that and sure. how nerve wracking that is. And, and it's sort of frightening for, for many trainers where this comes up exactly. And maybe you can relate to this too. I know that you teach classes too. You're the trainer online and you have 20 people and you're responsible mm-hmm. for all 20 of them because you're the leader in that moment. And one person is not, on mute and they are talking behind the scenes and you and we can all hear it and so the default thing to do is to mute everyone or at least mute that one person right sure but then i'm actually not really saying no to them what i'm doing is just managing them i'm just Mm -hmm. managing them and so what what i tend to do is i maybe mute them in the moment so i can gather the control again but then i'm going to unmute a few moments later even while i'm teaching and i'll check in with that person hey betty are you back (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. And then you'd be like, yeah, I'm just going to blame you just because it's easy and you know, you're here, but uh, you'd be like, oh yeah. And I'm like, you know what? I just wanted to let you know that we could hear your conversation just a moment ago and it, everyone heard it, but I went ahead and muted. And so let me remind you how you mute. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and calling it out so that I feel like I'm teaching it forward for the next trainer that's leading a class. You know, you'll remember how to mute perhaps. Yeah. Um, and you said, it, you said it nicely. So they should be able yeah. to handle that. Yeah, it's like a, you come from a place of the benefit of the doubt, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, rather than just, you know, I, I, and the reason this came up for me with with saying no, it's kind of like no to that behavior, mm-hmm. and and then helping you understand why no was the behavior. And in that case, maybe you didn't even realize, but now you do. And I don't know that it is that everybody doesn't realize. I think that they're just literally not paying attention, and so many people have been controlling them that they don't care, and so <laughs> they're just you're right, you mm-hmm. know. They disengage autopilot. They're on autopilot. Yeah. And And you can't be on, you can't be on autopilot and effectively say no, because on autopilot, you will always say yes. I've had times too, where people have inappropriate conversations. Like they want to, they want to take the class in the, in a direction that's inappropriate for what we're learning. And I've had to, in front of an entire group of people say, you know, we're not going to talk about that at this time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've done the same. And that, that's a form of no too, where, where trainers are in positions of having to say no. Yeah. In front of other people. And that's that's also frightening. You know, because um I do think that as learning and development professionals, we want to help. Yeah. 
and we that's why we do what we do and so that by the nature of what we do it's a it's a matter of saying yes to everything because yeah sure i can help you mhm right we're the rescuer right we're supposed to rescue everyone in the organization as the trainer mm-hmm. and the rescuer is not supposed to say no i feel bad about it every time when something comes up that we can't talk about right now mhm i do and I, and i found a way i i have a, a process for it and and usually what I do is try to relate with people and say, you know what, I really would like to talk about that right now too. It's actually not what we have time for. And so I'm going to table it, you know, and let's, let's catch up one-on-one. But for now, it's not appropriate for what we're talking about for, for whatever reason. And as uncomfortable as that feels saying it, it is actually received on the other end really well because you validate that it's a good idea to talk about that. It's just not the best time. Mm-hmm. It's respecting everybody else, right? Yeah, I've used a similar approach. I've used a similar approach and never had anybody get mad about that. You know what they get mad about is when you don't manage it and you do it anyway, and then you don't have time to teach what they came to learn. Right. Then that shows up on the evaluation. That's mm-hmm. when you get the survey that says the trainer didn't teach me what I wanted to learn. Right. <laughs> exactly. They didn't manage the class. Yeah. Exactly. So, all right. So let me ask you this. Have you ever said yes to, let's just say, to an opportunity? and regretted it? I, I have, of course, especially early on in learning to run my business. You know, I, I think that especially when some, when you're new at working for yourself, you say yes. And, and even though I was warned not to, you say yes, because you, well, you want to have an income. And um, certainly there have been times when I've done that. And then I'm in it and I go, oh gosh, I know I need to not do this again. Um, do you want me to give you a specific example? Cause sure. I, I, do have, I finally sure. thought of one. Okay. Um, yeah. I learned in the first few months of my business, uh, I had a client that wanted me to do pricing per person. So I do train the trainer programs and they wanted me to do it per person. And um, my gut was telling me I shouldn't, mm-hmm. but I, I understood why she wanted that. <laughs> you know, I get it. And so I agreed to it because, because in the beginning it was, okay, we have 16 people. And so we did this per pricing and it was fine. Well, the planning, you know, as it is, it took at least six weeks to get everything all together. And then finally we're going live. And I ended up having to write four different proposals because in that process of deciding who the roster was going, who was going to be on the roster, uh, people kept dropping mm-hmm. and being added and dropping and being added. And it was constantly a new proposal for me. And I had to even end up adjusting the final invoice because some people didn't show up. Yeah. And so I regretted saying yes to that and learned a big lesson. And I now have just, here's my price. This is the maximum number you decide. And then no more discussing it. Boom. That invoice will not change. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of what happens early on when you're an entrepreneur, when you are, uh, you know, doing some consulting, even just, I don't know, even just in corporate learning, you say yes. And then you feel the deep repercussions of it Mm -hmm. and it changes the way you operate. Moving forward. And um, unfortunately, unfortunately, like that is how we have to learn a lot of our lessons is through that painful exchange. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I totally get it. I got I got to I'll tell you mine um, saying yes and regretting it. And this is terrible because it's having to do with work. But um, my my I have a one of my kids, Sally, she's 12. She's been in dance since she was like four. And a couple years back, they were like hey, we need somebody to be, you know, the recital mom. So like you stay in the back with the kids for a portion of the recital. And I was like, oh, I can do that. 
Mm, I'm already feeling your pain. I know what happened. <laughs> I mean, I did it, but I was like, I was back there and I, and I think my shift was like a couple hours, maybe two hours. And I was like, everybody was on top of everyone else. It was very packed. There was kids running around. There were kids. I'm hungry. I got to go to the bathroom. I'm thirsty. And here's the thing. I'm an only child. And I have, um, I have two daughters that are angelic. So to deal with any other, ch- anyone else's children that are not angelic <laughs> in a small confined space where there's not even a chair for me, I regretted that. Now I'm happy to have helped. And here's the thing, like, I hope nobody takes this podcast is that we are just complaining about the things that we've said yes to. That's not it. Right. That's not it. But you do learn from saying yes. And I did not volunteer for that again. I volunteered to do something else because I'm, I still want to help, but that did not fit the way that it did not align with who I am, nor did it align with where I'm going. (laughs) (laughs) You were your best (laughs) move. Did you, here's what I was worried about. Did you see your own child's performance from the back? Um, I got, they have two nights. So I did get to see her performance at least one of the nights. So that was okay. It was just, uh, you know, it was very loud. And um, after, like, I'm one of those people that I don't, I don't typically go to concerts because about 40 minutes into that music, I'm done. I'm tapped out on stimulation and I (laughs) got to get out of here. It's too, you know, it's just too much for me. So like, that's how it was. It was just, it was like being at a concert. I was like, oh gosh, can we go home now? So it makes me sound terrible and I don't care, but, uh, but yeah, so, so like we learn things, right. When we say yes, and then we regret it. Um, so, so that kind of leads me to my next question. Aren't all opportunities, good opportunities. Mm. Aren't they? Um, <laughs> uh, it depends on where you are and what you're wanting to learn in that moment. <laughs> that is such a great answer, right? It depends on what you're wanting to learn. That is so funny. I think it's just, we just got to know, right? We just have to be confident in who we are. And I think that focus on who we are and what we really want is just, it goes back to that. And, you know, I I have said yes to things for for different reasons, you know, like certain partnerships that I'm in, I'm in them because of the marketing angle and what I get as a result of that. I'm not in that because I'm making a lot of money with that part, you know? Yeah. Um, And and it's just as much work as other paid gigs I may have, but- Mm -hmm it returns something different and I learn different things. And so I, I know, I know I'm with you on this. I don't know if I know the answer to that one. Aren't all yeses an opportunity? <laughs> I don't know that there is, I, but I think it's something worth thinking about, right? Because I think we're taught, even if it's, you know, um, just a social, what is, what's the word I'm trying to say? Um, societal messaging, right? That all opportunities are good opportunities. It's, it, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't know, know the answer. Um, maybe somebody who's listening knows definitively the answer, but I don't know the answer to that. If I have the opportunity right now to go skydiving, I think I'm going to say no. See? I just don't. I just don't want to. That's an excellent example. Yeah, you know, I may have the opportunity right now to go to my neighbor's house during COVID nineteen and you know sit on their couch and let them cough all over me. I'm not going, but I'm not going to do that. That's not necessarily a good opportunity. We're not, we're not, we're not using fair ones, are we? We're using we're not, easy we're to not. ones. <laughs> yes and stuff. But, but yeah, so like, I think we have to be aware of that because 
sometimes when we're trying to move in that direction of what we really want, um, when we're trying to make a name for ourselves or build our business or, or just enjoy the work that we're doing, and an opportunity comes along that seems like it aligns, we don't stop and really sort of think about that and look at, look at all of the aspects of it, and we just knee-jerk reaction to it, we may find ourselves having said yes and completely regretting it. I think you said a key thing there. You said stop. And I was just yeah. thinking, I think we really have to learn to, to stop, to pause, to give ourselves time to react. Because I do mm-hmm. think we live in this world where instant gratification, you know, and people are real proud of getting through their inbox each day and responding to everyone. There's that, yeah. that stress. And so if you could take the time to think about it, to, to not react, to, to rather respond. Uh, I think we need pause. I think we need pause before we can respond. We do. We and do. we need to not be reactive as much as we are because reactive is often based on something emotional or, you know, time driven where you, you know, if you think about the times that you've quote reacted, mm-hmm. usually you go back and you're like, oh, if I would have thought about that. I might've said it differently. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. And so why not give ourselves time to think about it? Why not think about it first? And, yeah. and, and that's where you get that, that opportunity to look for that. Yes. And I love that because it, it aligns with so many different models out there. So like the idea behind emotional intelligence and having self-management is that you not only do you have positive self-talk, but you create a space between the stimulus and the response, mm-hmm. even if it's just that. a breath, right? You create <sighs> space in between those two things. And then Franklin Covey's five choices of extraordinary productivity. Mm-hmm. It's very clear on creating that space. So like if if you get an email in, which I'm excited that you said email, because I think we should go down that rabbit trail. But <laughs> if you get an email in, you know, you have to, you know, don't react, respond, right? So make it thoughtful. Um, and I think that, oh my gosh, that could save us so much time and energy if we could just make that space. I was just thinking about that quote. Isn't there a quote on that? The between the stimulus and response, there's a space. And in that space is our power to choose our response. And in our response lies our growth and our freedom. Ooh, thank you very much. That's perfect. I love it. I love it. I looked it up. Good. I'm glad you did. Um, so I've, I have read a few books and publications on this whole idea of saying no, largely because I am fascinated by people who can say no. Uh, saying no is a discipline, another word I don't like, uh, something that we have to practice, right? And something that we have to understand has a, a, a greater good and it's not necessarily instant gratification. And those are all words that I don't like, like instant, like I like instant gratification. Um, <laughs> no is, you know what else I've learned too is no is a boundary. Mm-hmm. Oh, hate boundaries. I don't anymore. It's not a secret about me. And you know what? Um, I hope, I hope that the longer we're friends and the longer that I just, I don't know, start practicing saying no, that boundaries will be less difficult for me. Mm. But, but no is a boundary. That's why I don't, I mean, that's obviously why I don't like it. What do you think it is for you? Why is, why is, um, why are boundaries difficult for you? Um, oh, Turning into a therapy session for me. I know, as the guest turns into the interviewer. <laughs> I know, that's okay though. Boundaries, 
I struggle with boundaries because I'm very emotional. I don't know if you picked up on that. And in order to like, like managing my emotions creates boundaries and it's a lot easier to just let my emotions manage me. Um, I mean, I think most people would agree with that. So I also think that boundaries keep people out. Like I, and a lot of people are like, well, yeah, that's what you want to do. And I'm like, well, I'm not, I don't know. I'm an only child. I'm, I'm a 97% extrovert. Open those gates. Like, what do we, why are we keeping everybody out? So I don't know. I think there's, um, there's probably some deep childhood reason why I hate boundaries. <laughs> I, I'm not sure what that is right at this moment. I am. Um, a long time ago, I was part of a training that we designed to be online and it was about Edward de Bono's six critical thinking hats. I think hmm. it's critical thinking. There's the six hats and they're, they're different ways that people act and you know whether whatever whatever I believe about it or don't it's just a way of approaching things and I, I just what I recall from it is that if you are wearing a red hat like red hats are the hat of emotion and mm-hmm. it talks in this in this theory in this metaphor it's like if you you wear a certain hat when you respond to situations and one of them is real well worn and the idea is that you could wear other ones and it's supposed to open up creative thinking and this and that you can look it up but I am a red hat wearer too I'm a, definitely I lead with emotion and I respond with emotion and I love it too. And so when you were just saying, you know, why you don't like boundaries, it's like you're an emotional person and you want that. I, I too am like that. Uh, in, in recent years though, I, uh, in running a business have found it's not serving me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, to, to not have boundaries and to constantly lead with emotion. But I, on the other side, I am very, very proud of person that I am and, and how passionate I am and how emotional I am. I love that about me, but I have worked very hard in the last few years to not lead with it as much, but rather to allow it to inform me and and be who I am. But I just don't lead with it anymore because it doesn't end up serving me. And so boundaries have been a way to help me. Uh, if you could say, you could say like rein it in, but then, and then, but then display it in the way that I like and want and feel yeah. good about. Cause I'm never going to let it go. I love how passionate and emotional I am. I'm a Leo. I love cats. I, have some red hair going on. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I, I, and I, I appreciate that about you. And, um, it's definitely a goal for me to employ more boundaries because I do, I do see the value. I just don't like the work that it takes to get there. I'm just being honest. Well, I mean, and and I don't even know that I'm all that good at it, nor was I trying to say that that's what you need to be or anything. I'm just saying, oh no, I need boundaries. Like, (laughs) Half the people listen to this podcast said, amen, give that girl some boundaries. Um, yeah, I mean, I struggle with it because I I am an open book and would probably tell you just about anything. And I tend to expect that from others, which is unfair um, because not everybody's like that. Most people are not like that. And um, and that's okay. Like I like once I can rein myself in, like you said, like I do better with that. But it's also what I totally love about you. And I, I think that, you know, I'm like that too. And I, but I think we, we people that are like that have to find ways to protect ourselves a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And, and I love when people are vulnerable mm-hmm. because I know that that's where change happens, right? When you're vulnerable with someone else and able to speak openly, maybe you don't have to spill your guts, but like just speak openly, especially about things that you're thinking or feeling or wanting or moving towards or making goals, all that stuff. When you're able to do that, 
that's when change happens because you share it. And by sharing it, you're almost like calling it forth. You're propelling yourself forward. And it's like, I've been let in on that quote unquote secret, but I forget that other people haven't. Like other people might not understand the the power of vulnerability. And so that's where mm-hmm. I think that's kind of where it gets muddied because I forget that not everybody has been through the things that I've been through. It's like, you're comfortable with it. You're comfortable with the vulnerability because you know what could be on the other side. You know what? I think we need a different, because boundary seems like barrier or wall. Yes, it's a wall. I don't like it. it, And if if a boundary is not a wall, then maybe it's, it's just different. Like it's, it's, it's interesting because it's just semantics. (laughs) No, it is. And it's the picture that's in your head when you say that word. So like boundary means you shall not pass. But if we were to say something like guardrail, it's like, well, I can still see what's happening on the other side. It's just keeping me in line with where I should be. And so, so yeah, you're absolutely right. It's semantics, but sometimes semantics still cause issues. Well, it does. I mean, we have to make meaning. We're all making meaning and we have to, we, we have to operate within that. So it's there. Well, that was a lovely um, session, Dr. Cassie. Thank you for that. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you for allowing me to go down that path. <laughs> um, and now the whole world knows I don't have any boundaries, although I'm telling you right now, half the people on the call already knew that or are on the podcast. Um, okay, so let's, let's uh, sort of bring it in here. How can we start saying no today? Or maybe a better way to say it is how can we start living intentionally today? What would be your hottest tips? I think the biggest thing is that if you're able to say yes, you have to know what you want to say yes to. So it goes back to that, that internal work, you know, what's important to me, what makes me the most excited and the most happy and, and, and what makes me feel most confident in the work that I'm doing, the way that I'm living my life. And, and then from there, it's, it doesn't become as difficult to say, you know what, no, cause that thing over there just doesn't serve me. It's easy to like, Betty, look at, think of it like this. I don't like to play football. It's easy for me to say no to that because I don't know how and I don't want to get hurt. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I don't mind watching other people play it. And I think it's amazing when people do. It's easy for me to say, nope, I'm not going to play. Thanks for offering to let me play in the game. Not going to. Right. It's just not a yes for me. (laughs) That that joke, that's a hard no for me. And and I have no problem saying that. And so the more that you know about yourself in the work that you want to do, then the easier it is to say no. And then reguide that over towards reguide new word, uh, <laughs> redirect that to what you can do well because you know that's where you're going to be great. So the more you focus on you and what you love and have confidence around that, you know that's that's one thing I really like about you. You seek out people that you're inspired by and you mm-hmm. choose to learn from them. Absolutely, and that's informing you and the work that you do and opening up doors for you. I love what that person's doing. I want to meet them, learn more about them. That's one of the first things you said to me when we met because mm-hmm. I got to be one of those people. I was so proud. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then, and then you get to learn things and those things are what you, you must want that or need that or something there that's going to help inform how you're going to be able to say yes, which then makes it not about you saying no, but rather finding where that yes is for you. Yep. I like it. Mm-hmm. I like it a lot. And I'll just add in too that, there's a, the, one of the best resources I've ever read on the power of saying no is the book Essentialism by Greg McGowan. Mm. And really what he says is if it's not a hell yes, then it's a hell no. Ooh. And you can clean that up if you want. If it's not a heck yes, it's a heck no. Either way. Um, but the, the point is that if it doesn't like 
quickly and beautifully align with who you are and where you're going, you should seriously consider saying no to it. That doesn't mean you always say no, because like we talked about before, sometimes there are things that come up that you can't say no to because your boss told you to do them. Not all of us are self-employed, right? Some of us still report to somebody. So, mm-hmm. so sometimes you cannot say no to those things. But when you do have the opportunity, you should really look at aligning that with who you are and where you're going. And like how many of those things are coming up? At what point are you, can you file those things away and say, it didn't really matter in the large scheme of things? Or, you know, maybe it does. Maybe there's a whole bunch of those things that are coming up in the job and it's time to look at, maybe I need something different. Yep. That's a good point. Okay. Well, as we are wrapping up, I want to ask you a couple of quick questions that I ask all of my guests. So the first question is, and you've sort of kind of already answered this, but I'm going to ask you anyways, how do you align your passion with your work? It's knowing what I love doing. I have this thing. I am, you know, when I was in college, I really liked acting and theater. So I have a public speaking degree that's combined with acting (laughs) and I do this thing, right? I have a very physical response to things that I love. And my, my kid was doing it as a baby too. I saw him like, I'll like squeeze my hands or like do this thing. And my husband catches me doing it too. Like when I'm really happy, it's a physical response. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and then I'll like want to run around the house after I've taught a great class or something happened and I have this energy. And so I'm always trying to find those things. And that's where the passion is, obviously, because it actually displays itself sort of physically. And I, I look for work that brings that. And it took many, 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 many years. And I just keep doing that and, and making sure, I, you know, that was great. I think other people could respond to that and I'm going to find ways for that to happen. I think that's an awesome answer because we do have sort of that uh, physical response um, and even sometimes uh, physiological, right? So physical and psychological response to something that we love or, or the, and we know that that's what's lighting up our board, right? That's what I call it all the time. It's lighting up my yes. board. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And so when it lights up your board, then, you know, move in that direction. So Mm -hmm. very good. Very good. So what is the message that you would want to get out to our listeners? What would you want them to remember? It can be topic related or not. Just, you know, it's going to sound a little on the cheesier side, but just trying to find what really makes you happy, you know, like in in each moment. I know it sounds kind of cheesy because I'm not up there saying, you know, follow your passion. <laughs> but when you felt good about something, pay attention to what that thing was and then say, how do I get more of that? You know, take yeah. the lead on your own, uh, gosh, life, <laughs> you know, uh, where, where are those things that just really make you happy and really, really want to spend time. And, you know, you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't notice what time it is because you've been on that thing. Mm-hmm. And then what, what, what can that be? And how can you use that? I don't know. It's probably kind of cheesy, but I like it. Extra cheese mm-hmm. today. Extra I like cheese it. today. All right. So how can people connect with you if they want to after the show? I think LinkedIn has been my favorite place to be lately. And, and I, uh, I'm finding it to be just a very social place. That's very um, effective, but also I've got a, a website, which is CassieConsulting.com. And I've been having fun there too, because I'm posting tips lately on how to do virtual training better. <laughs> and I have it uh, within this context of being a virtual hero. And I, I really like superheroes and any kind of, uh, you know, fantasy and things like that. <laughs> so I'm putting virtual training within the context of superheroes. And all of a sudden, I want to think about that and do that all the time. So there's an yeah. example of that thing. I said. There you go. Passionate. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Well, thank you so much, Cassie Labori, for sharing your thoughts today. 
And thank you so much, listeners. Watch for another episode of the If You Ask Betty podcast out soon. Peace out.